Broadcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River, this is the Startup Knox podcast, featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today I'm talking with Janice Blake, one of the founders of Dulcie's Cafe, a Jamaican restaurant located at 703 North Cherry Street, right here in Knoxville. Janice was also a member of the summer cohort of 100 Knoxville, a program for black entrepreneurs that provides business mentorship for five entrepreneurs for five weeks and $5,000 for each business. Welcome to the show, Janice. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, I want to start here. Uh, the food that you all make, the Jamaican cuisine that you all make at Dulcie's is amazing. Right after we kicked off this cohort, uh, we catered a board meeting at the Muse, uh, the Children's Museum where I'm on the board, and uh, and people raved about it. So, so when did the restaurant start? Uh, why Jamaican food? And, and how do you make it so tasty? <laughs> All right. Well, we actually started as a mobile food unit um, at the corner of Cherry Street and Magnolia. There sits a gas station. Um, and so we actually started as a mobile food unit there in uh, April of 2019. And so that was going good. Um, it was going well. We operated a couple of days a week, mostly on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and people just wanted our food so much more. So when a building was being was bought and being renovated, that um, they were able to put a restaurant there at, because it had existing space for a restaurant, we were approached to say, would you like to do a restaurant? So we said we would give it a shot. And so we actually were um, starting there in about October, November, getting some things done. And then uh, March, we were ready to open our doors of 2020. And then COVID hit and we were like, what now? But we were able to survive. Our business grew. People were home more. Um, we offered, we could offer, you know, lots of takeout. We could still operate our food unit if we needed to. So it really kind of, in a way, was a blessing for us. And so that's kind of how we started. So we've been in business for just over two years now um, as an established business. So we actually started, my mom had, um, she was a director over a childcare that was on Fifth Avenue. And so what they would do is they would sell plates every so often to raise money for her and her staff to go on trips. So all of the staff members would put in money and they would all make different things. And so one of the things that a lot of the staff members would ask for and also customer, well, not customers, parents um, and different people, local to Knoxville will ask for Jamaican food. So that is kind of how a lot of people in Knoxville got introduced to Jamaican food, um, especially if they have never been to um, somewhere where Jamaican food was being served. So she started that many, many years ago. So um, a lot of my, me and my brother's friends would ask, like, if can your mom cook this? Can your mom cook that? And so uh, they would buy the food, they would pay my mom to cook it, and they would come by and get their plates. So we knew that it was a need. We knew that it was something that people wanted in Knoxville. And so we decided once food trucks and different things start being a big thing, we said, well, let's give it a shot. Um, so that was one of the things that uh, one of the reasons behind it and why we are located in the area of Knoxville, we are located in because those were the people that we knew, knew our food, knew what we could do and was going to support us in the best way we needed to be supported as a new business. So that's kind of where we started. 
So, um, my mother. Amazing. Amazing. Well, and talk for a second about, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but talk for a second about like, I'm really struck by when you like, like literally you're trying to launch and then a pandemic hits and we know how hard that was for so many restaurants it, throughout our community, throughout the country, around the world. And so were you just thrown for a total loop? Like, we're not sure if this is going to work or, or did you kind of instantly just say like, Hey, we don't need to be open. Like our customers are still going to want to eat our great food we'll go straight to takeout and just really ramp up that part of business. So yes, I have to look back at some dates, but I can remember that when we were ready, it was like March because it, got, it was starting to get a little warm. And so uh, we got every inspection done and all of that. And we were like, finally, we're ready to open our doors. Um, we were able to invite people in and then COVID hit and we were like, okay, now what? So we closed for a week to come up with a plan, kind of seeing with uh, what other restaurants were doing. And so when other restaurants were like doing takeout, providing uh, more catering type of things, you know, no longer offering dine-in, we said, oh, we're so used to kind of packaging our items for takeout that it was a easy transition because we had been so used to operating out of our food trailer anyway. So it wasn't a hard transition. Um, there were some challenges because, you know, people couldn't come in the building. People had to call when they got there. We had to bring, you know, our um, payment device outside to let them pay. And so it was busy. A lot of more, a lot of people were home more. So they were um, call. I mean, the phones were off the hook. It was like, okay, all right. But as I said, it was like a blessing. It showed us that we could really survive anything, even being a new business, that we could get through that. And um, through that, we have grown. We have grown tremendously. We, um, we know what the Knoxville community wants from us. We know what our locals want. We have our, um, we have our, our people that come every week, you know, they come, we know their meals, we know their names, we know what they want. Um, so it was definitely something that was an eye opener for us, but we were able to survive it and we're still thriving through it. So it did change a few things as far as how we uh, package our food and still till today, although we're back to dine in, um, you get a lot of food. So because of that, we still package things in a takeout. And that also allows us that if we do have to go back into takeout only, that it wouldn't be like a huge transition for us. It's something that we we're used to doing. So we just kind of have left it that way, you know, following all the COVID uh, protocols that have been put in place just to make sure that, you know, we're safe, our customers are safe, and we're doing our part to, to stop the spread of the virus. Absolutely. But yeah, in a lot of ways, it sounds like, you know, the, the superpower was in the founding, like you were used to operating lean, you know, from the location in a food truck, then we opened the restaurant and it was like, uh oh, false start, we can't do the in dining, right. but we'll just go back to our roots and everyone's going to want to take uh, do takeout. And like you said, you're, you're still prepared to do that again, if you have to, which I think is really smart. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta have that optionality, if you will, uh, to be able to, to, to pivot one way or the other, because the pandemic is so uh, so unpredictable. Uh, talk about some of the channels. I mean, you mentioned, obviously, you've got this huge following that's very local. Like you said, that's why you're located where you are on Cherry Street. And so you got a lot of people that have been with you since the beginning that are going to be your regular customers. These are folks posting it on social They're posting great reviews. Is that how more and more people kept finding out about the business was was word of mouth and, and online referrals? Or, or did you also identify kind of some other channels 
for acquiring more customers, for getting more people to come? Um, I think that it was definitely word of mouth. Um, we use Facebook as kind of the way we started our business um, and Instagrams, um, Instagram somewhat, but mostly Facebook and word of mouth. Uh, we also, being a mobile f- food unit, we would go to different neighborhoods located in Knoxville um, because, you know, having both was a way that we could be mobile. We could go to different places. And, you know, we basically drew um, drew up an interest for people in different areas of Knoxville. We've been in Farragut. Um, we've been... Um, We've been just so many different places, Halls, Powell. We've been just different places in in Knoxville that has allowed us to extend our our food to some people that don't normally come to East Knoxville. Um, we know that East Knoxville has some of the best food. You can go out, you can go out west, you can go out to many different places, but you kind of are experiencing the same type of taste, the same type of flavors. But at our restaurant, you're not going to, you're not going to get that anywhere else because it is truly authentic. It is truly like your grandmother's home cooked meals that you cannot find anywhere else. So that's kind of um, what, what we've been able to do is just word of mouth, showing up to different events, different places. We've been a part of a couple food truck um, events that had taken place in town. So um, people are finding us. People are Googling. We have people that are just curious and say, you know, some people that are driving on the interstate and pulled up food near me on Google. And they're like, oh, Jamaican food. And they stop on Cherry Street and come get a plate. And if they're not too far away, sometimes they make weekend trips and come. And as they're doing their shopping and visiting there, they're sure to stop by. So we have used social media and the internet. Um, to market ourselves, and we hope to continue to do more of that. And then look, right, no matter how much you do that, the word of mouth doesn't happen on its own without a great product, right? Exactly. I mean, people truly love the food. I, I will vouch for it. I love it, uh, you know, because you, you got some heat on there if you want it. You've got a lot of variety, and they're all tasty and unique. Are these, are these all your mom's recipes? Were these sourced from other friends, relatives, past places that you've been where you said, that's the way that we want to make ours too? How how did you come up with this product line of great recipes? So our products, um, so yes, our restaurant is named Dulce's Cafe. That is my grandmother's name. That is my mom's my mom's mother's name. Uh, Her name is Dulce Shariah. And so she had a way with food. She was not a very uh, affectionate person. And, um, but you could know how she, how much she cared about you by what she cooked for you or the amount of food that she might have gave to you. Or if she knew you were coming to town and prepared your favorite dishes, that was her way to show her, her love for other people. So I can remember as a, um, as a young girl. So um, as soon as we would go to Jamaica and we would turn the corner to go to my grandmother's street, you could smell the aroma for the, from the food. I mean, we literally, it didn't matter what we were doing. We would not eat until we got there and we were ready to sit at her table and just eat the feast that she would prepare for us. And that was her thing. 
she um, volunteered at different nursing homes and children's homes. And that was one of the things she would do for them. She would cook for them. So she truly had a passion for cooking. And that kind of trickled down to her, her daughters. She had, um, she had five daughters. And so it trickled down to her daughters. And so they all have a passion for cooking. And so they all cook a little bit different. And so that trickled down to her grandchildren as well. So we've been able to take some of her recipes um, along with our mother's recipes, along with our own recipes and kind of fuse them together to create all of the dishes that we serve at the restaurant. So that's been a blessing. I say cooking is just in the family. And um, it's a passion of some of our family members. And we've just, that was like a, a homage to her. We just paid our respect by naming it after her because it, we know it's something that she would have loved to do on her own um, if she was able to as well. And also our mothers actually moved to New York when they left uh, Jamaica. They had um, all kind of met back up in New York at one part in their lives. And they had a little restaurant on um, Jamaica Avenue in Queens and they had a restaurant. So they kind of knew, we kind of knew like, okay, they could handle this. They kind of knew what it would be like. So it, I just remember even when I was younger, I think I was about two or three when it finally closed down. But uh, my mom would always tell me some of the things I would like to do when I was there. And some of my older cousins remember being there at the restaurant. And it's a family business. And just getting to be with your family each and every day was something that we wanted to be able to create here in Knoxville. And we wanted to leave that for our kids as well. And so that was kind of one of the reasons why we started the restaurant as well. Yeah, that's so exciting. Well, and I, you know, and you mentioned the word passion. I mean, I feel like you brought your passion, your energy to the 100 Knoxville cohort that we had this summer. So, you know, five, five great entrepreneurs, including you, five really interesting businesses across five different industries. And we all gathered together and did a five week sprint, you know, really working on, you know, making progress on the big rocks uh, that you're trying to move, making some introductions and connections. And, and certainly spending a lot of quality time, uh, you know, with the all-star cast of mentors uh, that volunteered to help out. What, you know, what was your experience like? What were some of the big takeaways uh, from 100 Knoxville for you? It was a, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, none of us have business business experience, you know, and it's different. A lot of people say, well, you just got to act like you know what you're doing, right? But then there's a point where you're like, no, I need to really know what I'm doing. I need to understand these numbers. I need to understand my costing. I need to understand, you know, what can I afford to pay people? How am I going to make sure that um, payroll is going to be there for the next six months? How am I ensuring that the quality of my food is good? Um, what are What are some of the the big, the big things about business that I need to find out. And so 100 Knoxville gave me that information that I could give along to my family members and say, oh, this is what this is, or that is what that is. And it gave me a better understanding of how a business is run, some important and key factors that play a role on your business being successful, and how we could ensure that we can continue to grow in our community. And also gave us some ideas of some different things that we, we could do in our community as far as pushing more of our catering to the community. A lot of people, um, 
A lot of corporations and businesses love having luncheons. Now that people are back gathering and are able to sit with one another and have some distance between them. But now, you know, they're looking forward to having those different those different meals during their lunch times or during their meetings and dinner parties, birthday parties, weddings. Those are different things that we're able to provide food for that because, you know, we can handle that. And it's different. It's not your your typical salads and sandwiches and different things like that. Um, it's some it's some good food that people are like, hmm, I, I need that flavor. How do I find you all? So um, that was good. Just it kind of pushed me to think, what are what is a way to help grow the business? How can I do that? And it also gave some resources for who we could speak to in our community that would help us and lead us in the, the different direction that we were trying to go um, as far as vendors, as far as connections to corporations, um, different events that are taking place. So that was very, very helpful. Um the five weeks, you know, it was it wasn't intense at all. It was very helpful. A lot of times some programs give you a lot of information and you're like, great, I have all these notes. But when do you really have time to go through those notes? Whereas 100 Knoxville was like, OK, what questions do you have? We're here to help you. Um, here's here's an email of someone you can contact that they may be able to answer that question for you or they can point you in the direction of someone who is able to if they don't have the answer. And it was like a working program versus just giving the information and say, here you go. You have the tools you need. Go use them. It was different. It was like, here's the tools you need. Here's how you can use them. Here's a person that can help you and hold your hand every step of the way. And the continued support even after the program is over was definitely very, very helpful. Along with the money, that was very helpful too. Um, we've been able to add some people to our to our employment or to our establishment as employees. And so that's been helpful too to say, okay, good. Like now we're getting busier. Now people are knowing more of who we are. They're wanting more catering. So that was very helpful as well. That's great to hear. Well, and it goes back to the roots of the program, which is the 800 initiative in Memphis, which really set out to increase, you know, revenue across black owned firms in that, in that city, in that county, in that community. And, uh, you know, they focused on other metrics as well. Like, Hey, we're going to try to help these businesses grow, add jobs, et cetera, and really impact the community. So thrilled to hear that you all have been able to do that. The restaurant is growing. You've been able to hire more people, and yeah, I really appreciate your perspective on in a lot of ways. I feel the same way. Like if I go to a conference, sometimes I'll come back with just pages and pages of notes and a hundred flyers. And then the question is, what are you going to action, right. What's your action uh, from that list? Because then you got to, yeah, you got to jump back into the business right. again because the business doesn't stop. And so it, it is nice to have, you know, someone in the business with you, a mentor really come in and say, Hey, what we're going to focus on are the numbers this time, or what we're going to focus on is this operational mm -hmm. hurdle or trying to get in front of the right people to acquire the bridge financing or, you know, whatever the issue is that you're trying to uh, overcome to grow the business, have, have someone in there with you working the problem side by side. And I've, I've, I've reaped a lot of value and benefit uh, from that as an entrepreneur. And I'm thrilled to hear that you have also in the program. And a follow-up on that, are you still looking for more hires? Does the restaurant continue to grow? So uh, we will be, once we get our, our food, our our uh, mobile food unit back up and running, 
Um, we probably will be as of right now. We're pretty much staffed to what we need. Um, but once we do that, we're looking to possibly get right now we have more of a trailer. And so we're actually looking to get more of a truck. So it's drivable. It's easier to manage. Um, we could pull up to different places easier. So once we get that up and running again, we definitely would, you know, definitely be interested in hiring some more people on to uh, help our business grow. Um, ideally, we would love to open a second location. So that is something on our radar. So we, we definitely have some high hopes. We're hoping to accomplish some of these things um, in the next year or so. So, you know, if you're looking for a place to work and you never know, follow us on, on our social media. We may have some positions opening. It's a great, fun environment. You'll learn some different foods and spices and those things. So uh, it's a possibility. You just never know. That's great to hear. Well, and a lot of people will remember the headline from a month and a half ago, from the time we're recording this now, uh, uh, right at the start of September. But I think it was the day that I was calling you to see if you were available and interested in joining the Hunter Knoxville cohort. And the day before, Someone had uh, had swiped, had stolen the trailer and vandalized it. And thankfully, you were able to recover it pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but there was still damage. And so, you know, part of the hope was that, that that this program could help you on your path of getting that trailer back in action. Or like you talk about now, having the food truck and be able to kind of have that, that mix of the in-restaurant experience, the catering, which obviously is thriving, and then get back on the road again uh, to the roots of the original Dulcies and, and, and get back out and take the food to where the people are. So I'm glad to hear that's still in the works and happening. Uh, you mentioned social. I know Dulcies is big on Facebook. If you go on Facebook and search for Dulcies Cafe, you'll find it because it's got tons of likes and followers. Other social networks that people should check out? What are the best places for listeners to find out about Dulcies? get directions, hire you for catering. All right. So we also have a website. Um, we are in the process of updating some things on there and possibly using a different platform, but it's just dulciescafe.com. Um, there you can send us an email about catering. You can see our location. You can see our prices, our menu, some pictures, uh, a little bit of our story. Um, so yeah, you can definitely find information on there. Um, and so obviously Facebook, Instagram, and we also are on, we have some different things on Google, but also our, our website as well. Yep. And so that's D-U-L-C-I-E-S cafe, C-A-F-E dot com. Uh, as a warning to listeners, if you do go to the website, it will make you hungry. <laughs> I'm on there now. I'm looking at the recipes and I'm thinking when's the next time I can get there or do catering again for another event. So yeah, definitely encourage folks, go check it out. If you haven't already, probably many of you have enjoyed Dulcies already, but yeah, jump in, it's, it's delicious food. Geneve, thanks for spending time with me recording tonight. I know it's gonna be a busy night at the restaurant, it always is. Uh, so thanks again for coming on the show. All right, thank you so much for having us. And everyone out there, be sure to stop by. You will not be disappointed. So come hungry and leave happy. Absolutely. Always be selling. Love it. Uh, always be closing. Thanks, Geneve. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. Please subscribe to listen to more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. And if you want to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupknox.com. Also on our site, you can download a free entrepreneur's guide to Knoxville. And you can learn more about 100 Knoxville 
at 100knoxville.com. Join me for the next episode of the Startup Knox Podcast. Thanks for listening.